Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 142, presented by Ball is Life. Ani Umana here and Ronnie Flores. On the mic today, we're just going to have a free-flowing episode of Ani. You know, just talk a little bit about a bunch of topics. But mainly, you know, we're getting ready for these Pangos Fresh Soft Camps, so we'll hit up on some of the uh, top players and performers we saw at the first stop, and then we're going to go to Dallas. You know, so are you, are you looking forward to Dallas, or are you, you busy with other things so far? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to Dallas. Like, you know, I'm always, I'm always happy when y'all can come through, uh, see yeah. some of the best t- t- uh, freshmen, sophomore players and sometimes you know we get some eight graders you know yeah. in there that can that can really perform uh so i'm always excited about you know uh the freshman sophomore camp that comes to dallas because i recognize there's some guys that i see that i'm like oh you know i I'm haven't seen through the fall leagues or in the summer sure sure and that'll be great you know we're gonna see those guys like you said some maybe some eight graders 227 on it's just crazy we're talking about 227 <laughs> right. obviously it's 225 and 226 so the first stop was in uh, Los Angeles uh, this past weekend, and then we're going to hit Dallas up the first weekend of October. Then there's a, a week off, and, you know, that weekend is USA Basketball. So USA Basketball is back in the mix. They kind of announced their, uh, you know, they're going to have a full slate of guys for the first time, like in COVID, in the October mini camp. And then uh, the following week is the Border League, which is mid-October, and that's the Chicago camp, same weekend. I'll be at the Border League. And then the final one is the following weekend, which I believe is the 23rd, 24th, which is in New Jersey, uh, Tri-State, Philadelphia area. So they're all four of them are usually really good. The Dallas one is always loaded with talent. And, yeah, it's going to go by fast. And in that time, we're, we're like I said, we're building the Fab 50. And we're going to – we're slated to do our show November the 3rd. So mark that down if you listen to our pod. Uh, consistently, November 3rd, we'll, we'll release the rankings and we'll have a bunch of, uh, you know, tidbits and notes and obviously the order, which people care about is, you know, who's going to be the number one team all the way to the 50th team and who's ready to jump in those rankings. So, yeah, Ani, we have a lot of topics to talk about. Uh, like I mentioned, we'll get to the Pangos Fresh Soft toward the end. But I guess the main thing is uh, our girl Chelsea is, you know, trying to win a championship in northern africa with her team and so she's not able to jump on but i'm sure she's happy that the aces won the championship oh yeah no i i, I bet she is you know that's good for the city you know that's their yeah. first title 
Uh, shout out to Chelsea for being in the semis right now. You know, she needed, she know, she need to go get it done, get it, uh, yeah. win the whole thing. Then she goes into her other season. Um, yeah. But you know, the uh, Las Vegas Aces they won the four games. Um, yeah. I thought it was really good for the city. That's Becky Hammond's first, uh, you know, rookie head coach gets the NBA gets a WNBA title. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's good. You know, a lot of NBA teams, you know, she was up for some NBA head coaching jobs. And I think yeah. she showed that she can take a head coaching role and, yeah. uh, and, and win. So uh, I think some NBA execs, you know, they kind of they kind of missed on her, you know. And yeah. Do you think? So. Yeah. What do you think about that? You think she should be like, hey, I'm going to try to win as many as I can with the aces? Or is it more like a thing that you think she's proved in the point like, yo, you know, this 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 woman should have a chance to lead an NBA team. I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, you know, yeah. she's she's a competitor. She so she she wants to win as much as she can while she's there. And I think sure. she wants to build a dynasty with the with the Aces, which she has sure. the chance to. Um, sure. you know, they kind of really dominated that series and they got they're going to yeah. have a lot of returning. And uh I think she wants to show that hey, like I can do this in the NBA as well. Like um and yeah. I, I think it was kind of surprising that she didn't get an NBA head coaching job uh, this past season. So I think she she has that chip on her shoulder. Like, you know, I'm going to prove that, like, I'm going to win a lot here and show yeah. I can build a dynasty <laughs> yeah. with, with, with the group. But uh, also, she also wants to show, like, hey, like, y'all missed. Y'all missed on on me. Yeah. So I think, it's a, I think it's a mixture of both because she's just a competitor. Yeah, and she did a great job. You know, they, she got a lot of credit for – we like executing plays, executing timeouts, executing plays after the timeouts, executing plays out of a dead ball, that kind of thing. And when I saw the series, I just think also uh, the credit goes to a lot of the players. They had the best roster and the best team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you talk about Chelsea Gray, the MVP of the playoffs, who's a you know point guard from California, St. Mary's High School in Stockton, went to Duke. And kind of was struggling a little bit. And she, you know, with her career, she didn't know if she wanted to kind of quit ball and get a quote unquote regular job, regular, you know, job after basketball. But right. she stuck with it and she played as well as any guard you can imagine playing. I mean, statistically, she did. And then obviously, um, the young lady from the University of South Carolina, Asia Wilson, who was dominant, you know, MVP of the regular season. She's kind of like, uh, the Aces dominated all the awards. You know, uh, Kelsey Plum is for his first team All NBA, and I believe they also had you know uh, this, this kind of the sixth man of the of the year. So they are the sixth woman of the year if you want to call. It. So they swept all the awards, <laughs> like, and uh, you know, you know, what do you think about Asia Wilson? Do you think it's like she's a superstar, the face of the league? Do you think the league should rally? get behind her and, and, and she's the face or you think it's a multitude of girls or, Hey, you know, it's just, it's a great team and, and, and let them build that team up and that will help grow the game. I think it's a great, I think, I think more so I don't, yeah. obviously the fun, the, the finals MVP generally is like the face yeah. of the league at that moment. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I think it's just a great team with a lot of great players. Like you, you, yeah. you, you mentioned, um, yeah, they dominate in the awards. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think she's a really good player. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of really talented players in the WNBA as far as yeah. just, yeah. we talk about that superstar status. I think you have a decent amount. But yeah. I think the Aces just are a really, really, really great team with a lot of really good basketball players. Uh, yeah. You got to watch the the, the series at length. And uh, you got to see just how how deep they are as a team. 
Uh, but I think Aja Wilson's like the face of it right now. But I think it can kind of as long as long as they keep winning the way they are, she will be. But as far as talent goes, I don't know if she just like just the, just like the most like a LeBron James of that league or something like that. When you talk about that, like a face of the yeah. league, we look at the LeBrons, we look at the Stephs, we look at yeah. the Gian- Giannis. I don't know yeah. if she's that, but you know, right. she's just a really good basketball player. And I agree with that. They need to grow the Aces. It'd be good if they have continue winning, maybe even get a rival that will grow more. Like you said, more than see, you know, like it's pushing, pushing a girl or two of the girls. They, they should push the teams. I agree with you. Push right. the teams first and then push the girls. Um, the, uh, yeah, the thing I thought this again, it's nothing's perfect and the league still needs work per se, you know, marketing, Right. You know, you, the, 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 they won the championship on an NFL Sunday. So that's tough. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think to start the season just a week earlier or something, you know. Right. The NFL starting and and that's always going to be tough. That's a monster. You know, they, you, so you're fighting a lot of forces by having the game in the summer or towards the end of the summer because you want as much eyeballs. But I, I still think they did a great job. You know, a lot of people supported the Aces and, and uh, you know, Las Vegas likes to have something they call their own. So. Because when you go there, you cheer for a lot of other teams because you're a lot of people. It's an international destination. But, right. you know, UNLV basketball, when they're good, they the the locals really love it. And I think the locals like the Aces just like they like the Golden Knights. They really like the Golden Knights. I mean, the Aces, <laughs> you know, that should be the barometer. Like, we need to get like the Golden Knights. You know what I mean? And the and But Vegas also likes a winner. The Golden Knights had that first year where they did really well, went to the finals, NHL finals. Yeah. But like some of that's died down a little bit. You got to win, so the Aces have to win. You know, you're not going to attract eyeballs when there's all kind of things to do on the strip when you're not winning, right? You know, so they've done a good job so far. And speaking of um, that, and then like I said, we'll we'll probably get uh, you know some commentary from Chelsea when she gets back. Uh, don't she's got to come home like you said to Vegas real quick? Then she's got to shoot over to Israel for a season. So we're going to make sure we catch her, get her thoughts, but. Something that caught my eye, and it, it caught my eye because I thought about women's basketball, and I thought about specifically, specifically Chelsea Gray and St. Mary's of Stockton where she went to high school. The story that came out in the San Francisco Chronicle about a former Stockton St. Mary's player, Akira DaCosta, she was like a 2018 McDonald's All-American, and there was a long-form story about how she basically got forced into human trafficking, like, you know, slash prostitution and it just those headlines just catch your eye like whoa what is this about and i don't know too much about her background but the story really caught my eye uh on i think we should at least mention it and you know i know you kind of caught a whiff of it and again when you see a head like that you a headline like that you're gonna stop whether you know the details (laughs) like whoa right about or you see it uh, the, the post on twitter so what was your initial thought when you heard about uh, her plight and her story. Yeah, I, I kind of scrolled across it on Twitter, and uh, yeah. I just was like, just it's just crazy. Like the first time, I'm like, yeah, man, just that could be anybody. That can be you know when yeah. you know it, it's just like when I talk to my sister or my cousin yeah. stuff. Like when they're when they're out, like they'll call me if they yeah. feel like they're getting followed or anything like that. You know, or it's not a uh, not in a comfortable situation. Sure. Uh, so it's just one of those things where you just like, man, like your women, when you're out there, you know, they, how careful they have to be because you never know what some a man's intentions are, <laughs> you know. Yeah, a man's and, intentions are very 
brutal in this world, especially now with, you know, we talk about uh, crime in America going up, crime in cities. You know, that's a big pervasive topic all over America. So, yeah, I'm with you. You got to you got to be careful um, and go ahead and finish your thought on what you said, like as far as, you know, uh, girls involved in basketball away from their family. Maybe they're at the hotels. Maybe they're right. in Vegas. Maybe they're at AU somewhere in some tournament and they just got to be real careful. I mean, you That'd can't. Be, yeah. You know, you, if you have a coach, you have 12 girls, you can't watch them every single second. At some point, they're going to have to make, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions on their own, whether they go to the hotel lobby, whether they go get something to eat. You know, you you want to say there's chaperoning and there's surveillance, but it, it's only so much. Right. I agree. I, again, it's just, you know, I think you got to know time time of the day. Yeah. Probably don't go by yourself to places. <laughs> this is some places you don't go by yourself, um, especially when you get out. Like if you're like a, a AU team and you're out of town, like yeah. I don't think any girls should be going outside by themselves, <laughs> you know, Period. you know, especially yeah. at night or whatever. Uh, just that's where, you know, a lot of times or you see times where guys, the men that have those intentions try to get a girl, <laughs> you yeah. know, go in groups. Uh, yeah. if, if you can, especially when you're unfamiliar territory or if you're in a territory where, you know, it can be dangerous. Like just, yeah. just, just, just be, it's just being careful, you know, especially in athletics. Cause like in the summer, you're traveling a lot of, you're going to here, you're going there. Um, when you're playing profession, like you may want to go out, <laughs> you know, this, that, yeah. the third. just gotta be careful with your surroundings. I mean, like I said, like my, you know, my, my sisters, they'll call me if they feel like, hey, you know, this I'm just in a weird this. I, I don't know about this guy. He's been looking yeah. at me or they've been sure. this car following me or, you know, so they'll stay. I'll stay on the phone with them until they, you know, get to their destination. Right. So just got to just got to be careful. Just limit going not going by yourself at night, <laughs> you know, especially when you're not in places you're familiar with. Yeah, I would say for everybody, they should have a flashlight. Yeah. Like, you know, in case their car breaks down in a dark location, a strong, big flashlight, um, you know, don't gas up. Like you said, at night, if you're a woman, try not to go to the ATM machine at when after it's dark because people. Just, oh, yeah, I got to run to the store. You know, I, I even told my sister that a few times, man, because she had a habit of like getting off work and gassing up or, oh, I got to get something from the supermarket real quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't think about it. So I'm like, hey, you need to stop doing that. You know, she kind of like, oh, my brother's telling me what to do. But, you know, like, <laughs> right, I'm like, right. you know, you got to stop doing that. And I didn't tell her that recently. I told her that many years ago. So it's just something to be careful for. Like you mentioned, going groups. And and we mentioned this because we kind of see it, Ani, like, um, you know, tons of girls at tournaments. Not so much that we're scouting them, but we see the events, how big they are. Right. That's a, you know, uh, a grounds for a guy who, like you said, is not having good intentions to start lurking around what's going on here checking out the parking lots is there any girl that looks uh stray or she looks like she got separated for a team or fighting with her coach or her parents and that's how quickly it happens you know yep. what i mean she's maybe mad and she ventured off to by herself somewhere um I, I mentioned that because one time at the fab 48 in vegas um i'll tell you a personal story real quick i got my uh and, and Chelsea is aware of this because Chelsea was on the surveillance tape. It's funny. Um, they got my book stolen. My uh, I got my 
packet stolen. And this is the okay. 48 with, you know, 600 teams. I was hot. You know what I mean? So what, what the person didn't know is that at Gorm Bishop, Gorman High School, the whole place has cameras everywhere. So I was able to tell the Gorman guys, and I, 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 they'll name her name, remain nameless who helped me because the guy who's like in charge of security he, he 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 let me look at the tape and i recognized the person i didn't know the person but i said if i see that person in the gym again it's on him popping you know, <laughs> i'm gonna get that book back you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's funny because chelsea was uh chelsea was running one of the other uh gyms for the uh event so she had just happened to come into the gym and I hadn't seen her all week because she was running her 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 gym, you know, for the younger group. Mm-hmm. And and she passed me. I go, hey, what's up, Chelsea? How are you doing? And I and uh, somebody else asked me about a score. I remember it vividly. I went to the scores table. Within ten seconds, I turned around and my book was gone. Right. So I eventually got the book back. But my thinking was, when I saw the person and the perpetrator, was man. And it's funny that we mentioned this story about Aquira DaCosta is a man. Imagine if a dude or somebody steals these packets that's not related to basketball. Ani, that's a lot of addresses. That's a lot of phone numbers. Yeah, get involved in scams, you know, calling those numbers, try to scam people. Because um, they're legitimate numbers that work, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Cell phone's number in there. Or, hey, I have an address. I know that's an address where a kid lives. Let me, you know, that's a, you know, Fab 48 was huge at that time. That's mm-hmm. 600, 700 teams. Now I got the phone numbers of, of a lot of people. So I thought about that, said, man, why did this person steal that book like that? Because a person wasn't really involved in basketball per se. Oh, you know, wow. just leave it alone. But yeah, I, so it's very, that's why we say at events, you got to be very careful. Why? Because it's a lot of kids there. So that's a lot of opportunity for people to do things wrong. So yeah, if you get a chance uh ladies or people who are listening tell tell your friends about it it's a story of akira da costa it was in the san francisco chronicle but yeah the statistics are alarming it talks about a lot of statistics of of uh human trafficking and unfortunately how this high school american and college player and she still may play in the WNBA, honey she's like that good yeah it's one six two she has great athleticism now she may be raw and she has to probably get back into it and she went through a traumatic ordeal but like don't be surprised if she maybe plays in the WNBA one day. Yeah, that'd be big yeah. time. Yeah, wow. it'd be big time. So something to keep an eye on. We don't want to dwell on it forever. And here's another thing we don't want to dwell on, Ani, is the relationship between Brittany Griner and Kim Mulkey, yeah. who, uh, you know, obviously was at Baylor, her coach at Baylor when she led her to an NCAA title and undefeated season. You know, I recently, Ani, I mean, we saw the things, a lot of reactions of people – the non-reaction of Kim Mulkey when they ask her about Brittany Griner's situation. So I'll let you speak on it real quick and give your real highline take and we'll move on. But we, we had a few points we wanted to mention about that. Yeah, she uh Kim Mulkey decided, you know, to not comment on the yeah. Brittany Griner situation. And uh, yeah. you know, I know she got a lot of flack on that. Um sure. if, I, if I recall her their relationship wasn't the greatest <laughs> uh right. at right. Baylor. And um even though People have been hunting, wanting her to make a comment. I don't yeah. think she felt it was appropriate for her to that. She doesn't have a great, she doesn't have a very good relationship with yeah. Brittany Griner. And it clearly shows. Like if she's saying she did, she declines to comment, their relationship wasn't very good <laughs> at that stage. Um, 
I don't think it's because she just doesn't, you know, she doesn't care for her or her well-being, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, she, business is business. The way I business, look at it. Right. Yeah. Business is business. And that's just what it is. Um yeah. and you know, you uh like you said, business is business. At the end of the day, when when you talk about college basketball, when you talk even professionally, yeah, <laughs> that coach, that college coach, they're there to win basketball games. They recruit yeah. you to win basketball games. Yeah. And you, you play your games, you get where you need to get to, you get your degree or whatever, then you're out, then they keep moving, they find the next recruit. They find the next recruit, yeah. <laughs> so I think where people sometimes want, like, the coach, I'm not saying the coach doesn't care for the kid, but the coach cares about winning and getting their paycheck more. Correct. You know? Kind of like Popovich said, in, in, as the NBA season broke, I was like, Pop, what, what motivates you after all these? He's like, that damn paycheck. Right. <laughs> Kumoki makes a lot of money yeah. coaching college, girls college basketball. Yeah. Then they, that's what she's about. Um, yeah. That's and what we, it's about. So, yeah. Right. And we just can't get mad when you see coaches yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, I'm not going to comment on it. it is what it is. They got to focus on their season. Yeah. And you and it's just it's just the business. We can't get mad that that's just how the business is, that those people, those people are trying to eat <laughs> just yeah. like the players are. You know, Correct. so honey, if, it, if she says something and a lo- or more of a long winded statement and it comes off as ins- insincere, she's going to get ridiculed anyway. Exactly. So why you get what I'm saying? No, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. 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 And you're absolutely right on that. And the more and more she says, the more it kind of comes off as she's they're not really close or that she's insincere, or that she's not being completely, uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is that like heartfelt for her, really feeling for right. her, then it's going to come off bad and she's going to get criticized anyway. Right. So, even if, even if she says something that she really meant it by the heart, yeah. people are going to go back to their relationship and say, she's not being genuine anyways. Like you she's said, not she's not, like yeah. it could be long winded and feel like it's not insincere, or it could be long winded. It feels genuine, but people say it's not genuine. And and, then, and because people are going to go back, they know they don't get along. <laughs> so I'd rather her be real about it than her being fake. Because we, we always, people, the audience talks about they want realness. They want authenticity. Yeah. That's, well, that's real. It. You got it, yeah. <laughs> that's real. That's what I'm saying. You can't want a relationship for somebody more than they want it for themselves. Right. That's my thing. Yeah. It's like they, if they just deal with it they're not really on the same page and they're not messing with each other we got to move on you know and and me and you got to move on from the topic but that's the point right whether it's boys or girls realize it's a business uh you may not have this great interpersonal relationship with your coach every single time uh things happen you're grown up uh you know two adults sometimes ain't gonna mesh but if that's a good fit for you then go for it but realize that you should have some kind of inkling to want to go to school uh, for other reasons than solely just the coach. I know we they go to people go to school mostly for the coaches and who recruits them. But there's if it's okay that if you like a certain subject or want to live in a certain part of the country, that's not bad either. You know what I mean? It, it there's some other things that should factor in. It's a, and it's on the boys or girls side. Number one, know it's a business. Number two, you may not have the greatest relationship with your coach, but that coach. Is maybe putting you in a good position, especially if you're as talented as Brittany Griner. Right. And then third, you know, look at other things in college you like besides your relationship with the coaches. 
100%. And you made a point, and I'll just touch on it. Like, you said that the players, you know, they'll say that they're there for the coach. They're there for what the coach can do for them. Correct. <laughs> yes. You know, at the end of the day, and the coach wasn't for what they could do for them. Sure, sure. It's a, it's, it's a relationship there. It's a, it's a, that's the relationship. What can right. you tell? How can you help me get to level I want and coach? How can I help you get a raise? Right. You know, that's, that's what it is. So let, let's move on. We, we said what we want on that spill. Um, the what next thing we want to jump in is another college topic. And this just kind of uh, broke recently is Penny Hardware, our guy at Memphis. Uh, I guess Penny's cleared of heavy NCAA charges. Uh, the IARP, you know, they had a hearing panel. And it conducted that the Memphis coach didn't violate NCAA rules when he provided benefits because of his longstanding uh, philanthropy in Memphis, in the city of Memphis, and at the University of Memphis. So kind of ironic, Ani Penny was an EYBL coach and also was the coach at Memphis East, which was a Fat 50 team when he was there, one of the best teams in the country. They also have James Wiseman and a bunch of really good Memphis players who a few ended up at Memphis with him, but obviously James Wiseman was the big name, but they had other really good players. But it's ironic that like uh, Memphis East, the high school, they got in trouble with the state association, but I guess because of the something, you know, what went down with James Wiseman, but from the, on the collegiate level, uh, Penny's not having the, you know, he he's not facing the same type of sanctions that as a school that Memphis East did. Yeah, no, no. I think that what a five thousand dollar fine is what yeah. Memphis gets. Um, yeah, that's a uh, you know good, good for Penny. <laughs> good, for, good for Memphis. That, they that, need a break. They need a break. <laughs> they need a. They need a break for real. Um, you know, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe they'd get hit harder. Uh, yeah. I know they got to take some games away. I thought possibly that they were going to hit maybe with some like taking some scholarships away yeah. or something like that. But uh, you know, that's it's interesting that Memphis East got harder, got hit harder than uh University of Memphis, but you know, because yeah. it tells you how this game goes. <laughs> yeah, the uh you know, they're obviously Fat 50 ranked. Like I said, they beat Montverde that year on a buzzer beater. I think they played three times, they might have got them twice. Um, right at the buzzers, you know, and there was a couple good games there. And the the situation you know, they got stripped of their state title. So yeah. that's unfortunate. But like yeah, you said, to mention the Tigers, uh, Memphis Tigers, three years probation through September 25. Five racks. That five racks. <laughs> he's like five racks. Penny <laughs> come out of his pocket. He probably got that in his pocket right now. He got now. that in his pocket right now. You cut him a check right now. And then uh, 0.25% of their, uh, 25% of their men's basketball budget. You know, uh, committed four level two violations and five level three, whatever those mean. But right, they're not level one, so that that's the key. So you know, Penny's had it. You know, talk about that, Ani, a little bit. Just Penny's had some coaching turnover. It's not. It's hard. It must be hard for a legend to coach in his where he went to college and also where he's a, a legend at it from the scholastic ranks and just people you know know him there. It ain't always been an easy road there. Yeah, uh, rephrase the question, Ronnie. Kind of oh, like you know what you know. What's your take on Penny so far being the head coach at Memphis? Is it 
is it ever going to be enough? He's going to ever be able to do enough there? Is it like just because of how much people like him, how much people know him? And maybe everybody maybe he does have some detractors, but people generally like Penny Hardaway and that what he's doing. And like we said, Memphis has their share of troubles. Um, yeah. We talk about the Kira DaCosta situation. We talk about crime. Memphis has some problems right now, the city. You know, oh. it, it's going through a tough time. So, oh, you know, in, in the, the it's a microcosm of what's happening to me at, at University of Memphis or Memphis University. Yeah, I think Memphis, I think Penny's time at Memphis has been up and down for sure. sure. Uh, you know, once they, when they had James Wiseman, they only played, what, three games or something like yeah. that, two or three, three or games. games. Yeah. yeah, then, like, this past year was a little, was very underwhelming. You know, when you talk about Imani Bates, when you talk about Jalen Duran, sure. um, you know, just the talent that they had. Um, and they, you know, they gave, they gave Gonzaga a run for the money, but still like we, we expected bigger things. You know, they lost to Murray state early. Who's, who's a good team, but just going back, I think Penny's just time in Memphis has been up and down. Obviously like in the high school, when he was a high school coach, it was really good, but in college it's been up and down. But this year, you know, I think they can kind of get in a rhythm. Um, I think his staff's more in a solid place. You know, he's had guys leave <laughs> on staff. You know, he's had sure. a, some movement on staff. He's uh, he's had a lot of movement with the players. And, you know, the season just don't – when you look at their team on paper compared to the results, you just left wanting more or just, yeah. you, know, you know, just underperforming. But I think this year they can kind of be in a good place. Um, but, you know, I just think it's been up and down. Uh, I think it's just been really up and down for Penny. You know, people question his coaching. And I think Penny does a good job. I just – I think it's more the managing the other stuff that has been, you know, and then obviously, like, Wiseman getting hurt for most of the season. You got stuff yeah. like that going on, which you can't control. But um, I think I think this year you'll see more up than you see down. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that'd be a good start. I mean, they mm-hmm. have a fresh start. They should be able – they got nowhere to go but up. Right, right. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You know, the speaking of the ups and downs, we have to mention one of the downs of what's going on. And it doesn't relate to University of Memphis, but one of, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the expectations there with Jalen Duran, who went on to the NBA, and Imani Bates, who didn't go on to the NBA. So, because he left early from high school and has to sit, basically do two years of a, some other form of, uh, basketball other than, you know, to get to the, be eligible for the NBA draft. So he chose Memphis and that didn't work out too good. He didn't have a good year. So he goes back home, was it to Eastern Michigan, Ani? Yeah. Um, and recently Amani was arrested, uh, charged with, um, I believe two felonies, one, including, you know, weapons charging his, in the vehicle that he was pulled over in for supposedly not stopping or, or yielding at a, at a red light or stopping at a stop red stop sign, whatever the case may be. But, you know, obviously everybody's people are going to have a tons of opinion because this guy was anointed as from some in the industry as the best high school prospect since LeBron James. That's a huge statement. That's a huge statement. I mean, Best since LeBron. I mean, boy, there's been a few best since LeBron, mainly Andrew Wiggins and Javari Parker, who I can think of. Right. You know, and and they were very good, and then they both played the NBA. And now Andrew Wiggins is a NBA champion. But for Amani Bates, it hasn't been that way. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Let's first talk about his play. He wasn't very good the year at at uh, Memphis. 
And he frankly wasn't really good his junior year of high school. He was starting to show signs that maybe he wasn't that type of prospect. On right, I remember watching Imani Bates. When he said, I remember watching Imani Bates as a freshman, yeah, uh, 15U, and he played. I didn't go to Peace Jam, but they had a session in Dallas. And, excuse me. Um, when I saw him play, he was really good, and I was like, okay, this is one of the best freshmen that I've seen in a long, like that I've seen a long time. I said, yes. if he can keep this up, I see what they're saying, but LeBron James and KD still a lot. I remember saying that once yes. I was a freshman, I was like, okay, like I didn't see KD and LeBron live, but if what they are now, like, I'm not going to herald this kid, this kid that, you know, right. but he, he was really good as a freshman and you made the point. Then he yes. came back his junior year. They came down to Houston. Uh, Glenn Smith yes. had like the, uh, a who fest. Yeah. out this way and he wasn't very good and uh then he came for the thanksgiving who fest they weren't very good uh yeah. i think that's when he was playing with that uh i think it's they they built that school uh Prep. Prep. Yeah. Uh-huh. which you know <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's already not a good sign yeah. <laughs> that's not a good sign yeah. so uh he just i felt that he got proclaimed to be the next when you talk about kd and lebron those are first ballot hall of famers these are got yeah. lebron's is like one and two, you know, him yeah. and MJ, when you talk about all-time talks, you talk about KD, maybe a top 10 player all time. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're labeling a 15-year-old that, what do you think him and his people are going to think? Correct. You know, it's just like, if someone labeled me at 15, the next LeBron James, it will go way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it'll go over your head and you're not playing no more games for free. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. right. So, Seeing how it all just progressed, and now he went to Memphis. He wasn't very good at Memphis. I think they tried to put him at point guard. That wasn't very good. (laughs) I could have told you that was going to be not good. Right. Like, that was a disaster. And then, you know, now he got, you know, he's at Eastern Michigan. He got arrested. It just goes to show we see so many times. I mean, like, you know, Kyrie Walker, who's a good player. But, like, yeah. remember in eighth grade where people were saying all this stuff about him early. Like, yeah, we got to get away from talking about these 14- and 15-year-old kids as the next, comparing them to the yeah. NBA superstar. Yeah, just compare him to a player that you see what he plays like. Right. Because you know, that, 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 that's what we want to know. We want to know what level and what he's, what's his ceiling and what's his basement kind of thing. Right. But a realistic one, you know? Right. So I'll take it to to you what you're saying, and I saw Imani on the UIBL that year, same year, but I saw him in at in Atlanta. Okay. Um, the Atlanta stop. Uh, so it it was a a good prospect, as you said. One thing I noticed is he's playing 15s. So right away, I'm not anointing him nothing because he's 15s. Right. If the greatest players in the history of AAU ball, uh. They're not, they're, they're, especially as, if you, now as a freshman, rising freshman, yes, I could see you playing 15s or 16s. But by time you're a rising sophomore, you got to be playing 17s if you're one of the best of all time. Right. You got to be playing 17s as a rising sophomore. So I took some, wow, this guy's a good prospect, a great score, not much defender, little weak at the time, but, but you can see, like you said, probably for me, one of the 10 best freshmen. I'd seen that, you know, as rising freshman, maybe even better, but not um, the best and definitely not the next uh, NBA Hall of Famer. Right. You know, so 
what I thought I saw, and I went by it maybe even a year or two later, a year and a half later, I said, I think the ceiling, he can be like a Brandon Ingram type score. And I think I told you that before, me, you, and Chuz, like, and yeah. to me, that ain't bad. If you can be Brandon Ingram as a wing, thin wing who can score, you know, type of upright body. Now that I look at it, Brandon Ingram's a bad boy. I, I, <laughs> oh, man, what? <laughs> yeah, like what? Like that's even uh, something to shoot for. And I think that was realistic. I don't know how realistic it is no more. But, like, I thought at the time when I mentioned that, I thought that was fair, you know? Maybe, maybe. But to have people come on and annoying them in Sports Illustrated covers and, and in TV games annoying them as I take them as the number one pick now, that's – Putting a lot of putting a lot of them because you're talking about him being the number one pick over anybody in 222, which would be Paolo and Chet Holmgren, and then anybody on 221, which is Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. So you're basically saying you take him then over those guys, right? That's just too much, and that's not good. That's not a good statement, and then that's not good for him. The pressure you're putting on him, like you said, the people, his father, the people around him, that's not good, and that's not fair, right. No, it's irresponsible. Oh, I agree with you. It's it's really irresponsible. Like you made the point about the the draft comments where some people were like, I'll take a number one right now. Again, like why? And you and you make you made a hell the bet the best point, the big one of the bigger points you made is if he was a generational talent at 15 U, he'd be playing 16s or 17s. De'Aaron Fox was playing 17s with RL9 as an eight grader. That's the guy you want to see. You talk about Trey yeah. Johnson, who yeah. who's right now? He's never played a 15 U basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, correct. correct. So um, the best player I've seen at that age, and I might have said it on this pod before, is uh, Shea Cotton. Now yeah. Shea was 6'5", 215, with no body fat, and his vertical two foot vertical leap was out of the world, out of this world. I mean, he's just at that time. So. That guy couldn't play 15s. It, was just, it would be a joke. There's no, he never <laughs> right. played 15s. Entering his freshman year, he's probably already one of the top 15 to 20 players in the country in, in any class. And now you look a year later, Carlo of uh, Caden Boozer and his brother, the, the uh, Boozer from down in Columbus, going into mm-hmm. his sophomore year, he's probably already one of the best seven, eight players in the country. Yep. That you see it like he's dominating the high level, not 15. So that 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 was a key thing there. Um, and then another thing I noticed, and I don't want to be critical, but I saw it. It's like I seen some of these workouts at Memphis that they used to put on the internet on Twitter and stuff, and they just didn't look very good. Amani's going 60% speed. That didn't help him. No. And then you go to that pro day and they measure him in his arm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the wingspan. <laughs> Everybody started talking about the wingspan. So, like, they're just mistake after mistake. And hopefully he turns it around. You know, obviously he's got in this situation. Obviously it's supposed to be innocent until proven, proven guilty. Don't know the particulars. Other than that's not a good situation. Whether he didn't right. know what was in the car or whether he feels I got to have this because – you know, I'm in, you know, for protection or for, uh, you know, I don't feel safe. I don't know the details. I'm not going to sit here and say I do. But either way, that's not it's, it's not a good thing. No. And we hope and again, we hope for Amani to be able to play this season. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, but it's just again, we talk about the being careful, you know, yeah. like got to got to check those things. Like when you borrow someone's car, like 
I ask questions, <laughs> you know, like, you know, especially, but, you know, we just hope that he's able to play this season. Hopefully, you know, it was just a mistake and, you know, we get to see him and he gets to, he gets to bounce back. Uh, yeah. You know, that's he, what we want to see. Yeah. We, we want to see him back. Right. Bounce back to whatever. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be NBA. Just it, can he formulate a, a, a good college basketball career? You know, yeah. that, that would be great for me to see more so than if he becomes yeah. LeBron James or KD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably not happening. You said, but we can still, he can still bounce back and have a productive uh, career, you know, and that's what we want to see from him. And, and, and the expectations be a little bit more level, level, level headed. Um, you know, we've, we've seen all those, we've talked about them, the best since LeBron, that kind of thing, you know, uh, we, we, we saw it with, uh, mainly I think Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins, again, Jabari Parker, similar to Imani Bates was a sports illustrated cover cover guy in high school. Obviously you got a Simeon. Uh, I'll say this, look for Simeon in the fat 50. They're going to be a, a good team this year. Probably okay. one team in Chicago. Jabari's old school. I believe he won four state titles there. Jabari's a legend, but yeah, Imani Bates is kind of like, it almost got manufactured. Like even if you look at Jabari, like he put for Mac Irvin fire and in his high school, like he had the accolades and right. maybe he's not the next anybody, but he had a great high school career. So Armani uh, really didn't even get to that complete that stage. Cause again, the, Third year, he was playing at USC Prep, and they didn't really come off very good. His statistics weren't very good. His shooting percentages weren't very good. And then, uh, you know, he didn't even – he only got the third year of of high school. He didn't even get the fourth year because he made the jump early to Memphis with with Jalen Duran. So Jalen Duran made made that jump as well, but it worked out pretty good for him. He's in the NBA. So switching gears, let's jump over. To our next topic, which would be the NBA. Uh, Media Day just happened earlier this week as you listen to this pod, episode 142. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always um, or, or watching on YouTube. Uh, appreciate you guys who really watch YouTube, trying to grow that YouTube page. Tell your friends and, and people about it. But the NBA has got a lot of things going on. I'm, I'm kind of tired of the drama. I kind of want to see ball now. Like, I'm tired of the drama. There's a lot of drama out there. Right. They lie. So to talk about the big drama, which is the Boston Celtics, seems like every team got drama. That's what I don't like. Every every damn team's got drama. Right, right. From every level. When you go from the college to the to the NBA, you know, it it just it just follows. Uh Imad Doka, he got suspended uh for a year, uh breaking a team policy of having a relationship uh with a female staffer. Um you know. It's just unfortunate. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. we know about him being engaged to Nia Long and, um, and, and all that. And it's just, you know, when you talk about, you know, the preseason, this is the first day of preseason and training yeah. camp and all that. And, you know, you get hit with this days before. Um, I just, it's just kind of puts a shadow over, like, you know, what we really want to talk about, which is the basketball, right? Sure. Um but you know, there's not all the stuff that came out uh, about what happened, uh, how you know who it was. Uh, but you saw some stuff on social media, them posting some of the women staffers on there on Twitter, and it just got messy. I thought you real know, messy, real fast, very fast. And 
you know, I don't want to crap on Boston, but like I thought the PR part wasn't handled the best. I thought it didn't do a good job protecting their women. I mean, we can talk about Twitter. All we, uh, you know, Twitter, the the, the 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 public. We know what the public is. The public has been the same way for years. You yeah, know, like right. they're you know the bo- reactions on Twitter. You know, yeah. If you if you put out Boston yourself that he had a relationship, they say consensual, with a female staffer. Yeah. What do you think people are going to do? <laughs> you know, like, what do you think people are going to do? So yeah. it's just, I just didn't think it was handled well. Uh, obviously, that was a policy. There, there's, They said there's more to that story, uh, to everything, and he deserves to be suspended. And, you know, it's just a, it's a real touchy situation, sure. and it's a, it's a messy situation at that. Uh, yeah, it is a messy situation. You know, I just, I just hate. Emery Ducker just led the Boston Celtics to the finals. Yep. They're looked like, you know, the Adam Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon, you know, they kept Mark Smart. They had their core and they, they want to run it back. They want to run it and get the title this year. And he's not going to be able to be there because, you know, he made a big mistake. Yeah, the aggressions <laughs> that are, have nothing to do with the actual game itself. You know <laughs> right, I mean? right. So what's your thoughts on it? Like, I mean, I'm just yeah. curious. Like, it's just it's just a wild situation. My thoughts are that initially is they had to do something. And whether his agent leaked it or the Boston Celtics leaked it, that because we're having media day this week, uh, the teams are reporting a training camp. So if he's not there physically, that's going to create its own <laughs> issue. Like, right, right. where's the coach? Well, he's suspended. He's just that, that those headlines would have been crazy. You know, what's he suspended for? So then you have speculation. So I think they had to do it that way. And then if, again, I don't know his personal situation again, because Ani, unless you're married, unless you got the L's, you got that license, you got that paper. I don't know about how close he was to Nia Long three months ago, how close he is to her now, how close right. he was to her six months ago. Because when you're not married and you say, well, we're engaged or we're together, that can mean a lot of things, you know, right. so especially eight years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. if you're together a long time, you have your ups and downs, whatever. You're not legally married. So legally. He's not married as of now, as far as we know. So, you know, I think it's also a situation where if he's going to get suspended. And Nia Long doesn't know yet. Somehow he's got to tell Neil Long. So he's got to tell her before the world knows, or it's right. got to be close to the same time. <laughs> Nothing was going to happen there. You know, so I think, you know, he's going to have to, it's going to come to the light because he's going to be suspended. And as far as what at least reports say that she was going to move to Boston. Yeah. So that's a t- st- sticky situation. So hopefully he gets that straight now. But the question I would have for you, Ani, is, and I'll give more of my thoughts about it is, but the main question, I, I don't want to forget the question is, will he be the coach after a year? No. No, I don't no, believe so either. No, it's too much won't. time. It's awkward. How's he going to come back to lead that team when somebody else is leading the team? Right. And I'm assuming he can't be at practice. I'm assuming the suspension means, what, does he have to chill at the house? I mean, you know, what's he going to do for that year? Right, right. You know, uh that's a that's a that's actually a really good question. <laughs> you know, what does he do that does he year? lose access to his parking spot and, and to access to the facility and the protective facility? You know, right. 
What is he good as supposed to be hey, doing? He's watching you know the games on NBA League Pass just like me. Yeah, what's he gonna be at the house chilling? You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, obviously, I'm making joke about light of it, but what's he supposed to be doing? So that's I don't think he's gonna be the coach, is my point. No, I the on, the only way I could potentially see is if Boston just completely underperforms. And somehow throughout the time, like, you know, yeah. maybe no more, no more crazy information comes out and it just, yeah. you know, and he, they just need him. Right. Because again, it is a business, but if more information, when more information does come out, it will. And it's yeah. just bad. Yeah. Uh, like people saying it is, then there's no way he can be the head coach, regardless of Correct. what the situ- situation is. Like there's just no way that can happen. Um yeah. And there's going to be teams like he's going to be other teams are going to hire him. They're going to want to hire him. You know, he's maybe he's fairly young. He's my yeah. age. I believe he's about my age. Right. Maybe young. a midseason type situation of a team's underperforming. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the next offseason. You never know because he's only suspended by Boston. So right. there's other teams that are probably looking to see, hey, you know, we're not really too fond of our coach right now. Let's see by january or february like what 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 it looks like for us you know yeah and 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 on their note like you said this is a business back to the kim mulkey Brittany griner thing they're saying hey that's a championship level coach and we don't have to pay him championship level he has to reprove himself and you know like we're gonna get a coach that's probably gonna be locked in and not distracted you would think that he's gonna take this if he gets a second chance on at a head coaching gig that he's going to clean some of that stuff up. So it's a hell of a hire for another organization. Right. You know, like we're going to watch him. We're going to put all these stipulations in his contract. We don't have to pay him championship level money and he he'll gladly take it. Yeah. He'll have to take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like they win. The next team wins because they can put all these clauses in the contract and he'll have to agree to them. Right. You know what I mean? No, wonder so they, they don't lose that much, you know. Yeah, you get to say coach. Right, you get to, and because at the end of the day, yeah. Duck as a coach is a hell of a coach, you yeah. know. And um, if you're if you're a team that's trying to get into the playoffs, like a French yeah. playoff team or whatever, like a guy like him with and then a, a good offseason can propel you, <laughs> you yeah. know. So it's it's just what it's it's a very it's a very interesting thing. Like I think he'll get hired again. Because the there are going to be there's going to be teams that are going to underperform as there is every year, and they're they're not going to be fond of the coach. And like you said, if they can pay him less than his actual on court value, yeah, and then he's the and he's someone that's a key cog for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Oh man, you know he's he's probably he's he's number one on the board right now. Like he's <laughs> he's probably number one on probably about ten teams boards right now. Like. Yeah. If we can get him, <laughs> if we like, can get him down the line, let it cool yeah. off, let it soothe out. Again, we're assuming. Again, the other teams like, hey, wait a minute, he 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 had a problem there in Boston, but he didn't break no law, right? You know, he just broke some team rules, did some things that, um, you know, kind of uh, maybe shook things up in Boston, maybe make quite create an awkward work situation, but that can be you know, change it is it somewhere else. So 100%. yeah. So that I, I agree with you there. And again, it goes back to business. This is business. This is not, he's not coaching an AU team. He's not coaching a park rec league. This is the NBA. If he right. can help a team. And again, chi- time changes everything. You feel for the situation, 
you feel for Nia Long. I guess you feel for him. He's embarrassed, his family, that kind of thing. But time changes everything. Oh, so we'll we'll see where he goes from there. And then the, the capper that I thought's the very interesting is the capper to all this. Their interim coach, Joe Maz- yeah. Mazula. Well, once the once the media looks into him, they're gonna know that he was arrested for a, a battery charge in college. And it's like to a woman, so you're you're replacing the guy who women are now on you know eggshells. They're not happy with what happened with the release of this suspension. So the guy who's replacing him uh, was previously charged in 2009 with battery of a woman. It's like, come on, Boston, you can't keep it. It just <laughs> continues to keep going and going, like right. <laughs> and 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 to uh, Brad Stevenson's. Uh, made a comment that hey, we you know, we vetted him, we looked into this, we know about it. They obviously know about it, right. everybody, it's public record, but they, they're they vouching for him, so all they can do is move forward. But yeah, it's got to be a tough blow for some people. They're like, Really, isn't this just what we're, we're, we're going through? Kind of thing, you know, right? It's like, are you have y'all really learned from your le- like, are y'all really like trying to do better, or are you just yeah. trying to just you know, cover it up, <laughs> you know, like as much as you can? You, you just know, try to move it. forward, yeah, yeah, patch it up. So again, maybe he, he and I know Joe Mazzula comes highly recommended by the players, and like you said, if if this year gives them a chance, probably not going to come back and coach. But like, if the players are like, "Man, we really want email. We have a chance to win the title with him," they may bring him back. I don't believe so, but you never know. Right, right. Yeah. So let, let's talk about more of the NBA. I think that's obviously the big news. Uh, there's about five things in the NBA happening that I see as the biggest themes. Ani, I'll I'll say one of them is, uh, and then we have about four more. Is Zion coming back? Zion Williamson, the Pelicans, looks in shape, looks good. That's a big news. I think people really want him to do well again because he looked like a generational prospect. He came in with a lot of fanfare, but he just hasn't worked out for him so far. Obviously, when he's on the court. He's really good. Right. Yeah. No. I um. Uh... Zion, whew, I mean, it how good the Pelicans, Pelicans, yeah, then they won that Anthony Davis trade. I mean, obviously, LA won a title. I wouldn't say they won the trade, but you can tell they benefited off of it. And sure. then the off, and then getting CJ McCollum, and you know, their team is Zion is Zion. You know, I wouldn't be too surprised they make it to the NBA finals. Now, I don't believe they will, sure. but. Zion was that good yeah. <laughs> when when healthy yeah. and added with a Brandon Ingram who's becoming like an NBA All-Star caliber right. player. CJ McCollum, uh Balanchunas does it uh uh he's still there, right? He's uh he 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 does it he does a good he good job. Like I mean, they got the talent, you know. Uh Jones has really came to his own. Uh Herbert Jones has come to his own as a, a real lockdown defender type. You know, when you add Zion to the mix of that, I mean, that could be really good. But it's all about health. Like, he got to be healthy, you know. Sure. If, if Pelicans probably with C.J. McCollum going closer to 30 than, you know, he is in, to 25 now, you're probably looking at a window of, what, three to five years of trying to win it all. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're just trying to do an outlook of how they're trying to win a championship, because yeah. that's the ultimate goal, I mean, you're going to need a healthy Zion. I think this year is important. You know, and if Zion just can't get healthy, then you kind of have to really scratch. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to change a lot of things. You just sign until a max contract. I know there's a lot of stipulations to that too, but you know, if he's not healthy, then you got to look at how you're going to trade him. Who's going to take that contract? And 
you may set your it may send your franchise, you know, back a few years, you know. Yeah, we got to be we'll see what happens. That's a very, uh, you know, delicate situation because, again, we want Zion to do good and we hope he stays healthy. What's another big thing that coming as the NBA season is about to tip off soon? What's another big thing for you? Ani? Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, uh, KD, you know, he tried to he, he tried to put his timeline together of, yeah. you know, why he requested a trade. And is he mad they, they the, the trade request failed? And, you know, um, I felt like he didn't put it on himself as to why it didn't work. I mean, you wanted Kyrie. You wanted yeah. James Harden. I mean, you know how they are. <laughs> you can't be surprised at how they act, yeah. you know. Um, so I felt like he didn't really put enough blame on himself for it not working out. You know, uh, you asked for this. You asked for Steve Nash, right? You, you know, you wanted these people. It just didn't pan out. But uh, I think Brooklyn, you know, it's a team with him, Kyrie. Uh, obviously, the COVID ban is – not nowhere, you know, it's not like that anymore. So he'll be able to play uh, Ben Simmons, whatever Ben Simmons we get. If we can get a Ben Simmons, that's 80% of what we saw, not the last time we saw him play, but all-star Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. yeah, then I think you got a really good squad. You got some shooters around. Claxton's really, Nicholas Claxton's coming, is 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 doing well. You got Patty Mills. Like, I think you, you got some pieces uh, to really work with, but... Um, you know, I did hear Durant's um, press conference, and I thought, yeah. like, he needs to take ownership of why it didn't work because you sure. wanted these people here, and it did, and and he knows them. Like, the players know each other better than ownership. <laughs> and, yeah. and the, for, you know, you know what's coming when you bring in Kyrie Irving and James Harden and, you know, and James and Steve Nash, who's a rookie coach, who's a rookie coach. So, like, what do yeah. you think was going to happen, in my opinion? But. Yep. Yep. That's makes sense. Um, yeah, he, they're on the hook for a lot. There's a lot of pressure there and they, they got to win and they got to win big. And you know, that, that is a big thing, but like you said, they, he kind of said, well, sometimes in a family you argue, I mean, what is Steve Nash supposed to say? You know, sometimes <laughs> you argue with your family members and you move on. Okay. We'll see. But you want him fired. <laughs> you wanted him fired, then fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. what's very, one for you? What's that another uh headline? Very, yeah, for the next headline for me would be um a couple of young teams. It seemed like the Cavs made some moves to get better. Yeah. And then the Timberwolves are gonna be on the clock here with their young core. Obviously, the Cavs got a good young core. They moved uh, I believe Colin Sexton, right? Yeah. But they, they they got um the, the core they have. With our the, the guy who from Tennessee and, and our guy Evan Mobley, and uh, from Vanderbilt the guard he's very good, and they got some good pieces. You know they got a good lineup. People very like that lineup real fast. So again, the Cavs have always had except for that uh, miraculous year against the Warriors. The Cavs always seem to run <laughs> into trouble. You know what I mean? They, they they got over the hump that one year with LeBron with the with Draymond Green going crazy with the growing shots, but. Besides that, David, it's like whenever Cleveland has a chance to do something great, something always happens. Right, so, that's real. You know, in every sport, the Browns, the Indians, uh, you know, over the years, and obviously the Cavs have been, they've just been unlucky, kind of like the Clippers many times. So you see that the, the nucleus is there. What do you think about their nucleus, and what do you think about uh, them? 
Yeah, I think uh, adding Donovan Mitchell and getting rid of Colin Sexton was a is, a is an interesting one because, like, you know, your front court is really good with Jared Allen and Evan yeah. Mobley. Uh, yeah. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell is a very good backcourt, especially offensively. Defensively, kind of leave less desire when you talk about going against Boston, who has big wings, you know, yeah. going against Milwaukee, who has big wings yeah. and big guards. Uh, but, you know, they can kind of cover up defensively because you got two giants in the front line that can move. Um, yeah. They need to fill out that three spot. Isaac Okoro is just not going to be enough for them when you talk about going against Brooklyn. Who's going to guard KD? Who's going to guard Tatum and Brown? You know, they're going to have to be creative defensively, uh, you know, but I think they're a three-man away, uh, a quality three-man, like a three-and-D guy away from being a championship contender. I just yeah. – Donovan Mitchell's a good piece. He's a very good piece. He's still young, I think 26 years old. You know, you got a real young quality core – just how they're one piece away for me to say they're a championship contender. Cause I think yeah. at the end of the day, Ronnie, as you've seen it many times defensively, how do they guard in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, how do they guard those best players on the other team? Yeah. When you got a small backcourt like that, um, yeah. you know, Donovan Mitchell is not a great defender. Darius Garland isn't a very good defender. You, but, and he's only so big. Yeah. Right, he's only so big. And so, like, now you're putting pressure on Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to cover up so much ground. Yeah. And in the playoffs, they get in foul trouble, then you get exposed, you know, because you may not have the depth with the front court, you know, to be able to hang with the Milwaukee or Brooklyn, uh, a goal, not Golden State, um, even Chicago who's coming up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all those teams, uh, Miami's still going to be really good. So, yeah. you know, you got to – how do you guard these guys in the playoffs would be my biggest uh, concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I think another team, and I think you may have liked them is the Timberwolves on it. You kind of mentioned that a little bit. Uh, obviously the Cavs are trying to make a jump up and so are the Timberwolves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Timberwolves added Rudy Gobert, you know, they trade a decent amount of draft picks, but you know, if, Minnesota is playing very well. The draft picks are going to be in the late 20s, so it wasn't going to really matter, right? Um, they're a team, you know, Rudy Gobert, as we saw, like, with that Mavs series, uh, Rudy Gobert kind of got exposed just defensively guarding his space. You know, obviously he's a multi-time defensive player of the year, arguably probably the best rim protector in the NBA, and now you add him with Cat, who Cat doesn't have to guard fives all the time, <laughs> right? Anthony yeah. Edwards, who – who, uh, you know, he's growing, he may become, a, you know, like he's an all-star type player that may grow into a superstar uh, down the road. Um, you know, I think I think Minnesota kind of puts themselves in a situation where they can uh, they can contend, and, and the West is very tough. But, uh, again, like I think Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, I think, uh, you know, I think Jared Vanderbilt has really come a long way too, you know, as a yeah. player, you know, Houston native. I think, I think Minnesota is like – they, they're going to have to add more versatility in the front court. You know, I think Rudy Gobert is going to – I think they're going to be a really good regular season team, a 50-plus win team. The wow. playoffs, again, when teams want to space out, Cat's not a great defender. Rudy, Rudy Gobert showed that he got exposed guarding his space. And, you know, that's the big thing, <laughs> you know, with the NBA nowadays. How do they go against that? I think they're just going to add, have to add more versatile pieces to combat when teams go different lineups. Rudy Gobert is not going to be – like Rudy Gobert may be really good in the first round, right? But he may not be good in the second round because that the second round team has their their centers are all three point shooters, <laughs> right? You know, so who do you have? What lineup do you mix with to be able to guard that? But I think they just they just need to add a few versatile pieces to you know 
really contend because I'm really high on Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns is a very good basketball player. I think Rudy Gobert is good, is great at what he does, but is it enough to beat Golden State? No. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and 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 really, other than Golden State, or really, <laughs> you know, the West is Phoenix has kind of dropped some. I mean, Memphis is growing. You know, they're going to be very tough. That's going to be a battle again. So, I mean, that's my thing with Minnesota. But I think they're closer to contending than uh, Cleveland is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. And uh, talking about contenders is our our last main point is we'll see if they're contenders or pretenders. <laughs> I know where Two big going. teams is uh, the Lakers. You know the. What are they going to do? And then we got the individual aspect of the Lakers with LeBron, and he's going to be passing these milestones. He's probably going to become the all-time, unless he just falls flat on his face this year, he's probably going to be the all-time leading scorer passing Kareem, the legendary Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You didn't think that was going to happen looking back 10 years ago. You're like, yeah, LeBron's going to – but he's been so healthy. He's been so good for so long. Like the time is here now. You know, this is his 20th season. He's still very good. Really good, still maybe a top five player in the league again. But what are the Lakers going to do? And I guess the main question is Does Russell Westbrook bounce back from his subpar season? Oh, wait, that team yeah. when you talk about Westbrook, that team is just not built for Westbrook to be very good, yeah. uh, you know. They're because small. you mentioned small defenders, they're they're small, they're small, and like LeBron is best with the ball in his hands. That's why Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly fits because Be- Patrick Beverly has become a better jump shooter. He can play off the ball and be fine, right? Yeah. Westbrook needs the ball in his hands, and he's not the athlete or the player he was before, but he still thinks he is, right? And that's good to have the confidence, but you can't do what you did in your MVP years. No. Um, I think Westbrook could be good if he buys into the role Darvin Ham wants him to have, <laughs> wants him yeah. to take on. And But good is, like, different than what we used to think good was for Russell. Um you know, maybe it's like getting eight, five, and five, and you know, taking less threes and less jumpers, and you know, just you know, maybe you know, just playing more of a role and trying to defend and play hard and bring some good minutes and get out. You know, yeah. uh, but good is different than what good was a year ago for Westbrook. I think, you know, he's going to have to take less minutes. He's going to have to take a lesser role. And if he does that, I think LA can be fine. Are they a championship contender? You know, Anthony Davis says they have a chip on the shoulder. You know, how many games is Anthony Davis going to play? Like, yeah, you know, what you does know? that mean? Yeah. <laughs> right, like your old team and, and you're small, right? Like, right, like it just. I got to see LeBron James. Like you said, it's crazy that he's going to probably break uh, Kareem's record. Like that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> um, insane. It's just a testament to just how he's been able to stay healthy and take care of his body for years, right? Um, yeah. That's the number one name of the game, uh, availability. 100%. And yeah. so I just – I think Westbrook can, can be fine if he buys into his role. AD, you know, people are projecting to have a breakout year. Uh, I think a breakout year is if he plays 65 games. Like, yeah, hell, yeah. like if he plays – two games, yeah. Yeah, if he plays 65 to 70 games, yeah, he's going to – his numbers are going to be better. Like, he needs yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, but L.A., I mean, that's – they just got expectations. They're not going to win at all. They don't have enough. No. They don't have enough pieces for that. They're not going to win, and they don't have enough pieces they can move. Right. They just know it. They're like, we don't want them players. Right. Yeah, we don't want them players. So, it looks like the uh, NBA draft one and done is going to come to the end. That's not going to affect this. You're probably going to affect two twenty four, two twenty five. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty interesting. You know, we'll see if 
these guys we talked about, the best prospects in the country. We kind of talked about Imani Bates, and he probably was never that that level prospect. But we talk about uh, Boozer. We talk about Cooper Flag. Like those guys could maybe be jumping to the NBA. And obviously, we'll we'll, we'll talk more about their teams. We got the Fat Fifty show coming up November third. We'll talk about those teams in depth and talk about those players in depth, the best players in the country. But yeah, that that's interesting note. I, I don't think it affects much for us for now, but it's just something that's coming down the line. Well, yeah. How do you think that, like, if that that gets passed, you know, how does that affect? You know, I just want to touch on it a little bit. Like, how does that affect like college recruiting? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be smart. It's like, I'll give you an example: Sebastian Telfer and LeBron. Okay, with LeBron, he was so damn good. Now he was that good. We kind of talked about Imani, and LeBron smart. was that good. He's at worst the second best high school player I've ever seen. Maybe the best him or Kevin Garnett. It doesn't matter. Flip a coin. <laughs> so he was that good. So what, what I mean by that is uh, everybody knew not to recruit him. The dude ain't going to college, so that right. worked out perfect. But with Sebastian, you got to remember um, Louisville was thinking they were going to get Sebastian. So Rick Patino was like, I'm going to get Sebastian. That's going to be a great recruit. And it's funny if you watch his, his ESPN movie, even all the way through – the McDonald's game, and this lady goes, hi, sir. She's interviewing him. She goes, hi, kid. Where are you going to college? He's like, oh, Louisville. That boy damn well knew he was already going <laughs> you know? So what I mean by that is Rick Patino missed out on recruiting Rajon Rondo because he put all his baskets in, 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 in Bassey. So that's the situation where you got to come up with. You got to know who you're going to be able to get and who's going to the league right away so you can go after your next guy. You can't get caught recruiting a guy too late and he's going to the league. Right, right. Or going pro, you know what I mean? So I yeah, think that's, that's where it makes the, the – that's another level to deal with. Transfer portal, now you got to deal with dudes who – and now 10, that's – Sebastian, that's going to be 20 years ago, 2004. Rajon Rondo, Sebastian. Now, 20 years later, the expectations that everybody's going to want to try to go to the league. Oh, man. <laughs> that's the Look. problem. Look, every all these high school kids think they're pros. Yeah, and, and it, I'm telling you, like, you know how we always get like, you know, a kid declares for the draft from college. It's like, why did he declare? It doesn't make sense. Like, we're going to see that in high school. We're going to be like, they declare. Why? <laughs> like, why did he declare for the draft? He's not even top 100. Like, why is he declaring? You know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see that. We're gonna see some as some a wild good, stuff. Yeah, we're gonna see some wild stuff, and like, and that's a great point because even yeah. some college coaches, they're like, "Well, how you know they?" We were ta- I was talking about to a high major coach, yeah. and he was just like, "I was like, well, what do you think?" He just like, "Yeah, like we gotta be more careful about who we recruit. Like, if that kid is really is that good on it, I'm not gonna recruit him. Like, he's yeah. gonna go to the draft, yeah. <laughs> you know." Right. And so you make a good point. Like, that's coaches got to think of who they should recruit and who's probably gonna go to the draft, and they shouldn't waste their time. Yeah, that that clip came out in the movie uh, ESPN movie uh, Through the Fire, I think was the name of, of Bassey's uh, documentary. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated too. Mm-hmm. He deserved it. Him and Jabari deserved it. Yeah, I'll say that him and Jabari deserved to be on the cover. Yeah, you know, and LeBron obviously. Right. And then obviously, Bronny and 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 Bryce came on the cover recently with LeBron. That was pretty interesting. Obviously, twenty years ago. Um, you know, LeBron was on the cover and his senior year was like a movie. It literally was a movie. And 
and it all worked out for him. You know, I, I, that's why I like to talk about LeBron is living up to the expectations. He's pretty much done it all the way through. And like you said, he's going to be the leading scorer in NBA history now, soon, sooner than, than later. But yeah, that Bassey situation, the funniest thing I remember about that is Bassey's on the bus and the McDonald's game was in Oklahoma City. And in the and they're filming him and Bassey's, everybody's passing him. Jordan Farmar, Dwight Howard, uh, J.R. Smith, and he's going, your country, your country, your, your country. <laughs> he's just ripping them. He's like, you country. Dude. And it, he's having a good time with it. And and Bassey was just Bassey was that guy. You know what I mean? Like right. Bassey was the dude that got all the attention. You know, he was a great high school player, but you know, Bassey. Hopefully, uh, we talk about guys making decisions. Hopefully, when Bassey gets out of 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 uh, incarceration, that he might be out soon. But Bassey's been incarcerated recently. Right. That everything works out for him. That moves on. He's got a lot of life to live. That's what we say about these guys. We talk about prospects. We talk about Imani Bates. We talk about like Imani Bates got a lot of life to live. You know what yeah. I mean? Regardless of how big of an NBA talent he comes or if he doesn't even make the NBA, he's still got to be productive in his life. And even Sebastian, he's still got 40, you know, 40, 50 years to go. Right. Where he's got to provide or live a good life. So you hope everything works out for guys who, who misstep at, at some point in time. And speaking about a lot of life to live and a lot of steps oh, to yeah. make this press soft camp, you know, um, Guys, there's a it's a long process, honey, and we we've seen a lot of young players, but you know they uh, they got a long way to go. We don't. What's your just your high take of kind of keeping young guys in um, in perspective when you see them at a, a, a showcase camp or you see them at a, a exposure camp at a young age? Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a question. Just yeah. you know, I, I like to just look at the natural talent. You know, yeah. obviously the productivity. I try to see, you know, other camp. Obviously, camp games are different than actual yeah. like high school type, uh, more organized, like five on five play. Um, but you know, you just see the t- you see a lot of talent. You see, uh, you see guy. You see some things. You're like, man, that kid could be really good. This kid could be really good. Sure. But you know, you also have to like, okay, what is that going to look like when he plays a seventeen or eighteen year old? Right? Yeah. Uh, what is that? What you know, you look at their body and you're like, okay, how much is he going to grow for how he is? And, you know, you, you, you look at the town, I look at the talent, but I also like try to keep a perspective. Like, okay, there's still a lot of basketball going on. Like, I don't know this kid's work ethic. I don't know this kid's family. Like, you know, are they going to get in the way with his development? Are they going to, you know, stuff like that. There's so many questions that are not answered or we don't know. I don't know. So, like, I just like to look at the talent and be like, man, that kid can be really good. But time will tell, you know, especially now. You know, obviously, you've done it way longer than I have. But it's seen so many young guys from camps, these exposure camps that are really good and kind of just don't really pan out. You know, you see them junior, senior year, and they're not they're not what we expected them to be. So I just like to look at the talent, um, look at what they can do a lot less of what they can't do right now, but just want to see how they look like, you know, when I see them in a school setting, when I see them in the summer, when I see them, you know, what are they going to like two years from now? And then from that freshman year to that junior year, we get to know more about that kid (laughs) from a personal level. And then you just kind of go from there. But I I don't try to get real hyped about it uh, anymore just because there's so much that can happen, you know, in 24 months. <laughs> yeah, 24 you know. months, a lot could happen. So, yeah, I was at the All-West 
Frost Soft Camp. And like I said, those Frost Soft Camps have guys that have gone through them, include like Trey Young. Uh, you mentioned the the Swiper Fox, De'Aaron Fox. He we, he went to the camp in the South. Evan Mobley, we talked about him with the Cavs. He he went to the event. Cole Anthony's another top guy who who went through that camp series. So a lot of top guys, and and by far the top guy at the uh, it's easy to say at the All West camp was Tundi Yusuf two twenty five six five six six. Now turning into like a two three instead of a three four, vastly improved um, jump shooting, so powerful around the rim. He's you know two hundred pound two ten. He's just he's just killing the rim. No guys want to challenge him at the rim. It's his second jump and his his physicality around the rim is just so good. Guys are are having a you know they they don't want to challenge him. They don't want to be put on a poster. But even regardless of being put on a poster and his power, it's just his jump shooting and his ball handling has improved so much. He's kind of like a uh, our guy Dinos, who runs the camps, kind of mentioned him as like a Jimmy Butler type big guard. He's turning oh. into you know, but shit, he shoots it. He shoots it as good as Jimmy Butler already. You know, like we talked about that three he shot against Boston. Oh Maybe man, Jimmy should have took it to the rack. One you know, I thought when he should have took it to the rack instead of trying to win that game. But you know, Tundy's just tearing the rim down. He had a thirty-six point game. I thought Tundy was better a few weeks ago at Ron Massey because again, that's. As you mentioned, Ani, that's including 224s and 223s, and he dominated that event. He dominated this event. So he, he he's you got Cooper Flag, you got Boozer, and you got Koa Pete. I just think in 225, we've talked about it on this pod in the paint. It ain't hard to go in the paint on that statement that those guys are as good as any high school players around. But like Tundy's kind of stepping, like it's just a matter of is he four or seven or six or or eight in that class? Like he's rising up the ladder that fast. Like he's no longer 13 or 12 or 15. Like, nah, the, the dude's on the doorstep of like some of the top guys in that class. Damn. Yeah, because I remember him as like a two a three, four. So he's really turned into like a legitimate like wing. Yeah, he's turned into a legitimate legitimate wing with three-point range. So he had Six threes in the Saturday night game, then game high 28 points in the cream of the crop game. Some other guys, again, we talk about how good they are in the future and how good they are now. I wanted to mention some guys that were good now. Tay Simmons, 6'6", 225 from Heritage Christian in California. Just a beast around the rim. He's a four-man with a great body, dominating. Uh, I thought he had a great, lot of great wings. Uh, another one who's a freshman. To be at Modern Day High School, Brandon Martinson, six 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 seven. He had a really good event. Kellen Hampton really turned it on. He's from Moreau Catholic in Northern California, in Hayward. That's in Hayward, California. Kellen's about six 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 seven. He's he was high volume, but he also scored a lot, and he averaged. He had a forty point game, a thirty five point game. Yes, he did shoot a lot, but he also made a lot, and he showed a lot of skill. So. Again, taking the initiative in some of these camps. That's another thing you gotta we gotta mention real quick. In these camps, you gotta take the initiative, you gotta be aggressive. Right. You may not get a, the ball back on a back cut. Like you gotta <laughs> show what you can do. This is not a you're not gonna see 15 passes around the perimeter. Like you gotta show what you can do. You know, 100%. So he did what he he showed what he can do, and Callen's one of the better NorCal prospects in in that class. And he got I believe he got offered by Washington State after an event. So so Kudos to Kellen. From the point guard spot, another NorCal player who did really well, Rodney Westmoreland, 
kind of like a one of the best true point guards of the event, Doherty Valley in San Ramon. So he's going to play with Ryan Beasley, who's one of the best scorers in, in, in California. He's 226, about 5'10", really true point guard. I mean, he, 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 if you were to mention somebody in Texas that was like him, it'd be like a almost like a young T.J. Ford, like a distributor. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's not that good. Yeah, you know, 5'10", small boss, small frame, kind of like a Tyus Sedney type, you know, player. So mm -hmm. Rod, Rodney's a really good young player. The uh, One of the best combo guards, and there's a lot of combo guards. I mean, again, Ani, sometimes at these events, we don't really see the table setter. We see a lot of combo guys, guys that want to get the ball up at the rim, score, show that their prowess is scoring. Again, whether it's right or wrong, Guys think young players think the the prowess is in scoring, and right. maybe they watch the NBA. I don't, I, you know, that's just maybe the way they are the trainers. Maybe, maybe the way their AU coaches look at it. Maybe it's just the way their people tell them. But Rashad Cotton from Modesto Christian again. Modesto Christian is probably going to be a Fat Fifty ranked team, or right on the cusp of that. They were the NorCal champions last year, who lost to Corona Centennial, and they're going to be better this year. They got Jamari Phillips. They got BJ Davis, who's going to San Diego State. BJ just announced for San Diego State. Mm -hmm. um, Rashad is a quick with the first step can score from uh, various levels can score inside against taller players he's about 6 foot he's 226 again we talk about a really good high school teammate but I think he's going to find minutes even though he's you know probably starting off right now as a 7th or 8th man like he's going to be pushing for minutes and, and when Jamari and, and or BJ need a break like expect uh, Rashad to get some minutes so he did really well. Uh, I'm just going down the list here. DeMarco Johnson, want to get a shot out of him. He had a 40-point game. But even though, even even on that, he had a, a really bad game to start. He had a one bad game on Saturday, and he came back with a 40-point game. So that's what you'd like to see. Uh, you know, he's he's got a high expectations. He goes to SoCal Academy, combo guard, big wing, can really defend kind of wing guard, 6'3". 225. He plays for Julius V at SoCal, but you know his 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 father is a really tough guy and, and expects the best of him, and and he really gets on him. So uh, kudos to Demarco because he bounced back and had a really good second game and he closed the camp strong. So I'm, I'm happy for Demarco. Uh, again, going down the list of guys, I thought Caden uh, Bailey was good. 226 guard from Crean Lutheran. Uh, in Orange County is a big. Big guard who can score a bit. Uh, Julius Price, who's actually Tunde's uh, teammate at St. Joseph in Santa Maria. He's 226. He has some FIBA America. Uh, I'm sorry, FIBA international experience. He's an international player, 6'2 guard, really good. Can handle the ball. He's a, a lead guard, but, you know, he can also look to score a bit. also want to talk about some of the sleepers in this event. And I thought that um, from the standpoint of guys who maybe didn't have big reps and did really well, Jalen White, 6'3", 226 from Clark High School in Las Vegas. I thought he was terrific. Uh, he did a really good job. Um, kid that I didn't know much about coming in, Isaac Carr from Central Catholic in Portland, Oregon. Uh, wing guard, 6'4", 225. He's, he, he's a really good player and really came on. Um, young player who did good, who has a lot of potential. You're going to be hearing about Imani down the line is Maximo Adams, 
His brother's Marcus Adams, a 223, is a D1 prospect. He goes to Narbonne High School with his brother. He's about 14 years old, and he he's bouncy. He's going to be good down the line. So remember the name Maximo Adams. Uh, Taj Ariza, Trevor Ariza's son. I can't believe how much time's passed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trevor was a guy I saw in high school quite a bit at Westchester High. He was a played in uh, Sonny's Round Ball Classic, was a state player of the year, one of the best teams in the country his senior year. Uh, they won back-to-back -back state titles. But uh, Taj has a lot of ability. He's at St. Bernard's. They have a lot of good players on that team. Um, Taj is 6'6", 226. I'd be remiss not to mention his teammate, whose dad also played uh, college basketball. And and he's a very good player. And, and, and uh, Caleb Verscher. His dad is Juan Verscher, who played at ASU. Caleb is a really good two-man, 6'3", can really score that thing. And, and, and Caleb had a really good weekend. And, and he's a really good player now, and he's tough. And he's really good corner shooter, can play on the ball, good defender. Uh, our guy Tony Bland really gets those guys to play defense. So, yeah. you know, they're they're locked in defensively. So he did really well. Boy, there was a lot of players. Go to ballslife.com. I will, uh, you know, I already have a story out about some of the top players I saw, some of the guys I thought should have made the, the cream of the crop all-star game. Uh, again, uh, for full disclosure, I'm part of the uh, – guys that choose it but not all the time that i i get the top 30 guys and the top 60 guys that i want on you know how that goes right i know, <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 high level high intensity in there you got guys you know you know and then guys have it and that's the whole point of you like another guy another evaluator have another point of view again you might have saw the guy when he had his great game you might have saw the guy when he had a bad game in this right in this event every player plays three games and has a chance to prove themselves and get in one of those two all-star games. And and sometimes even guys that don't get in the all-star game, they're going to end up being really good. There's two guys that didn't go to the all-star game that I do want to mention before we close out here on episode 142 is Zion Harris from Clark High School in Las Vegas, 6'1", 226. I thought he was a good point guard. I thought he should have been in one of the games. And uh, let me see if there's another guy. Yeah, 148. Number 148. Last guy I'll mention, Terrence Murphy from Antioch. 227 on. He's an eighth grader. Uh, He's yeah. strong. <laughs> He's a strong wing boy. That boy plays hard. I thought he should have been. But, hey, that, that sometimes happens. And like we say, not sometimes the guys who are not the MVPs or the guys who didn't get chosen on, they go on to do really well. And they, that happens. Right. No, 100%. So, and 100%. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens down there this weekend in Dallas. That's usually a talent-laden camp, big camp. Again, everything in Texas is big. So who's a couple guys that we may see, Ani, that, uh, that, that may be perform well? Yeah, uh, uh, David Awezi, Uh That's yeah. kind of like a sleeper kid, 225 kid, about 6'8", yeah. goes to high school. Uh, like a just a like a face-up 5'4", that's really yeah. coming along. Um, I think he, he, I know he'll be there. Uh, I know there's some scrim, there's some scrimmage games going on, sure. uh, on Saturday, but he'll be there. I think he's going to be one to really look at. Um, hopefully we see like Jaden Toombs who, uh, made all-star game last year. I think it was maybe top 60, top 30, but he's really come to his own. It's a 225 kid that go to dynamic prep. 
uh, Leroy Kelly, another guard, and Jermaine O'Neal Jr. Uh, you know, seeing those guys in that camp, you know, where they had solid camps, but uh, you know, seeing them kind of propel themselves. Like it's always the freshmen, the lat, the that their their freshman year always seem to make that jump their sophomore year, right? Like you talk about kids that don't make the camp, like don't make the uh, all-star games, like in their freshman year or they're like top 60 instead of top 30. Then that following year, they're top 30, maybe top 10 in your rankings from the camp. It's just like seeing that growth, like Hudson Greer, who goes to Lake Travis, Um, you know, hope you see guys like him, uh, Big Francis. I ain't going to say his uh, last name, but, uh, you know, apologize, Derek Shelby, but I'm not going to say his last name. Big Francis. <laughs> 225 kid goes to Prestonwood. But those type of kids, um, you know, we see those guys out there just seeing the jump that they make uh, yeah. from their freshman to their sophomore year. That's always interesting. And you got some good 226s um, like Ja'Kai and Antave, who uh, was at the camp last year. Who was as an eighth grader, but now you know he comes in as a freshman. You know he's stronger, he's gotten better. Um, you know, just seeing guys like them from last year make that jump. And this two twenty six class in Dallas and in Texas is a fairly strong class. It's not two twenty five, but um, you know there's some good players that are coming along. So I'll be interested to see just how yeah. how it all comes out. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see. I'm excited to see how it shakes out. There's always good players. Obviously, I'm going to see a lot of them for the first time. But I'll see. I'll remember some of them from the previous year and see where they made the jump. And 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 like we said, our guy who's number one, maybe number one in two twenty four, and his team could be nationally ranked. He was at the camp a few years ago. He wasn't the MVP, but he was right. very good. But he was there, right. you know. So you just things can happen. Now he's some people are saying he's the number one prospect in two twenty four, right? Uh, from from Lake Highland. So and we'll see them, and we're going to talk about them, and we're going to talk about his team in the future because. They may be in that fat 50. You know, they may be one of the best teams. You know, we're looking at Faith Families trying to get back in there. They had a good season. Duncanville will obviously be in there. So, like we said, mark down your calendars for November the 3rd, Thursday. Again, we don't know exactly when we're going to do our next pod because we're, we're gathering information. We're going to be on the road. Ana, you're yeah. going to be in Vegas to watch Big Victor after this and Scoot after this camp. Then, you know, I got the Border League. Then after that, all. Uh, we don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> we got to get there first, you know, like that? we don't want to, you know, be on the hook for things we can't come through on. But we'll we'll definitely be back. You know, we're about to wrap up here. Uh, it has been a very informative episode. And there's a million names I could mention, but go to ballslife.com. I, ha- I mentioned more and I'll put out my rankings, too. You know, Ani, we are, you know, we're always putting out event rankings. That, that's uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, because it's it's hey, that's what it'll be. How good were you were then? We're not worried about how good you will be down the line. We know there's better prospects of us. We got to reward the guys who play good. Exactly. And like you said, with 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 Tunde, he was the best freshman in the state last year in California. That's including Braden Burries, Giovanni Ruff, Alzing Harrington. But like his game has stepped up. Like those guys are gonna have to keep up with them. And it's the same thing with a guy like. Cooper Flag and Kanan Boozer, who we'll see at the Border League, like, it's only what have you done for, like Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? It, it, right. <laughs> Got to keep improving. Got to keep expanding. It ain't a thing where anybody can rest on their laurels. And like you mentioned, with a guy like Imani Bates, you hope that when they get the adulation and some of the, um, these, these, the, these awards and some of these, uh, the next this, the next that, you hope they don't rest on their laurels, honey. Right. You know, it, it's it's not a thing that 
you got to keep getting better. If you have any questions, you know, you're always free to hit us up. Uh, you know, reach out to somebody, you know, uh, that you that you trust out there that can give you an honest evaluation. If you're a freshman, sophomore, I would suggest you go to these camps. If you're going to be in Chicago uh, mid-October, that area or anywhere in that area, uh, go to that camp. If you're going to in the east, if you can go the 23rd or 24th to the east camp, go because there's there's a lot of decision makers there, a lot of guys who decide. McDonald's voters, a lot of guys who decide on the ESPN and, and 247 rankings, a lot of guys on the NBA players top 100 yeah. uh, committee are there. So it, that's how you make your name. That's how you move up. That's how you get better. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's just, and it's just good, like you said, getting your name out there, but also like see where you're at. Like, yeah. you know, just, just, just really see where you're at. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, that's the main thing. Self evaluation, get an honest evaluation. And, and on that note, I think on, on an honest evaluation, I think we've about done here. I think people have heard <laughs> enough for one ep, one episode. So for episode 142 of the Ball's Life in the Paint Show, uh, Ani and Ronnie are logging off.